Hello and welcome to Rocket, Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, the video producer at Pixelkin.org, and I'm here with Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat. How are you doing, Brianna? That was so much better than my opening last week. Like, you're a professional and it really shows. Like, you should definitely be doing this. And yeah, that was... Fortunately, I am. Yeah, well... And you're derailing. There you go. That's good. That means the show will not be low quality, which I'd like to avoid until at least episode 10 or so. So that would be great. I'm doing well. I'm crack-lacking. Or as Georgia Dow texts me, uh, what was that, Georgia? <laughs> Crack-slacking? It was horrible. I can't believe it. I was all excited because you went, Brianna went like, Dowabunga. And so I was like, I was like, yay, I'm going to reply crack-lacking. And it come out crack-slacking. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh. You see, my iPhone totally betrayed me. It was so I, Damn, you autocorrect. I like it. Yeah. I yeah, like the it. La- this, it's okay. The second time I wrote it, it wrote crack-shalom. Either way, this is not the right... Anyways, so I was like, forget about it. I typed it all out. Anyways, whatever. I don't know if you're allowed to say crackalacking or dowabunga on this podcast. Like, are we going to get sued by those isometric people? (laughs) I don't know. Those people are horrible people. Just stay away from them. They really are. They really are. All right. I'm I'm scared of Georgia. (laughs) We all are. Uh, We're also here with Christina Warren, the senior tech editor at Mashable. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I've. uh, This is my second podcast of the night. Oh. Wow, wow. Yes, I just finished talking in depth in a Google Hangout um, uh, post uh, confing on the Microsoft event that took place um, a few hours ago as we're recording this. So um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little bit hyped up on Coke, yeah. which uh, oh. people who listen, not, not cocaine. I was going <laughs> <laughs> like, to say, of course it. you are. I was going to say. Don't admit it online. I know, don't admit it online. Um, no, Coca-Cola, not cocaine, sadly. All right. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I'm good. Sadly. Well, no, because who wouldn't want to be hyped up on Coke? Right. Cocaine, the, the, right. The, the, in that case is what I mean. Who wouldn't want to be? The podcast industry is just rife with Coke. I, hate I was going to say, I mean, this is what our sponsors want from us, right? They want us to talk about drugs and politics right, and religion. Right. Yeah. I, I, I hit all the big ones, right? Yeah. That's, well, uh, that's what Gem and the Holograms is all about, right? Um, actually, yes. Oh, God. I no, no, no. It was really dark in the 80s. It was really that. dark yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It, it, it's about glam rock is really what it's about. And computers and girls and a boy who's in love with both you and the alter ego version of you who is still you, but he thinks is a rock star. But it's you, but he's making out with both of you at the same time. And then you're oh, terribly conflicted because your boyfriend, you know that he's like cheating on you, but he's cheating on you with yourself. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so deep. Still it is so okay. deep. But there's no commentary about it. Oh, ugh. I exactly. could talk about this for a long time. We, we so. could. You know there are gym cons, there are gym conventions. Well, before we get there, I will introduce Georgia Dow. <laughs> oh gosh. Georgia Dow, who is a host on this thing called Isometric that I Maybe you've heard of it. What? I was like, maybe I just, you've heard of it. I don't know. I'm just reading off a postcard. I, I don't know what these words are. I don't know what that podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. Georgia, how are you? I, I'm good. What's crack a No. <laughs> Lawsuit. Lawsuit. I'll see you in court, chump. All right. <laughs> Georgia, I just, I don't know. I wanted to, I thought it would be, I thought all podcasts are special, but I wanted this podcast to be especially special with Georgia Dow basically, you know, bursting through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. I just mm-hmm. I wanted you yeah. on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I know you say that to everyone. 
No, I really don't. I, I don't walk down. I was at the gym today. I didn't greet the dude uh, at the door <laughs> saying, I bet you burst through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. It actually did not come up, believe it or not. You should do that next to me. You're at the gym. You should totally have that as like a starter combo. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're there. Just burst through the door. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, but then what would happen is the, the gym guy would be like, are you implying I'm on steroids? <laughs> well, are you? Well, yes, of course I am. Then, you yes. have to be impressed just to bust through the door. That's a good opening. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird to hear George's voice, like, talking to me and not, like, coming out of the crappy speakers in my car. <laughs> this is very surreal. I, I might be. No, oh, what? Just, oh, God. <laughs> Can I tell you, it's even weirder hanging out with Georgia in person, who is exactly like the crazy person you think she is. She is. Like, she's in she's real amazing. Life, it's really true. Like, <laughs> I mean, we were we were all having hibachi and just Georgia bursts up at our party and like there are pictures and... I wasn't like, invited. I oh, actually crashed the that's party. That's true. They that's didn't true. actually invite me. They tried to have the party without me. So they're like, go over here. No, go over there. And then... I, I crashed the party. They didn't actually know, so. I woke oh up gosh. the next morning. I hadn't even been drinking, but just hanging out <laughs> with Georgia. Just, I, like, I'm staring, and my eyes are all bleary, and I'm like, oh, what happened last night? I don't even remember. There was a Terminator arcade game and some pool. It, it yeah. was that crazy. It was as crazy as you think a party with the four of us from Isometric would be. Yeah. Um, and our significant others, and then other people. That came. It was just mayhem we were shooting terminators they were top hats there was a pool game there was hibachi there was like people squirting uh you know uh sake at us it was oh my just, gosh it was epic we Living it was really game. epic it was an amazing time all right so should have made you, a video episode sorry go on no 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 i was just gonna say you guys want to uh we talk about us hanging out all week or uh <laughs> god there's a lot of news this week isn't there there is so we're gonna try something with the show where uh i'm gonna let simone like open and close it and i'm gonna kind of try to um you know talk through the discussions uh so we're gonna try that see how that works for the second episode so um man it has been a really exciting day like christina's been tweeting up a storm she may not even have thumbs left at this point from talking <laughs> about the the event just so, nubs right just exactly nubs. so uh yeah you know, microsoft basically had uh an event today talking about windows 10 um and a lot of this got leaked yesterday with the verge um you know who talked about some of the things like them um you know kind of getting rid of internet explorer and starting a new browser mm-hmm. and a lot of the features for windows 10 um christina you've been having excellent coverage about this all day so i'm kind of just gonna throw it over to you like what did you see today uh it was a really cool event right it was a great event so uh this was microsoft's second windows 10 event they showed it off uh i guess it was like in october or or, or the end of uh, september and they kind of showed off hey you know this is what we're doing with windows 10 and basically the answer was exactly what we did with windows 7 remember when we screwed up with <laughs> vista and we made we brought back the start menu and made everybody love us again and then we did windows 8 and 8.1 and that was a disaster now we're reaping you know our 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 sins and we're making up from our our mistakes um so we already knew about you know kind of the new interface which is the old interface and the return of the start menu and some of these features uh, like continuum which is basically a way that will make windows look good regardless if it's on a a tablet a small tablet a laptop touch screen whatever um you know they announced um a couple of uh, new things uh, one as you said a new web browser that they're just calling um uh, project spartan for now this was actually leaked 
um, at the very end of the year uh, from ZDNet. And um, then The Verge followed up with a, a story, I guess it was two weeks ago, um, offering more details. And basically, from what we gather, it probably is Internet Explorer, but they're just calling it something <laughs> else. Because basically, the Internet Explorer brand is so battered, so bloodied, so you know, people hear it, they think IE6, IE7, and they're like, I don't want to touch that. That they, that Microsoft has probably looked at the, at the you know, landscape, seen how huge, how well Chrome is doing, and probably gone, you know what, maybe it's time to just rebrand. Um, so there's going to be a new web browser. They didn't show off a ton of the features, and apparently at the event, they didn't even have any demos or have it on any of the machines. So it's still very much in development. Um, you know, they announced some uh, some interesting things. Cortana, which is their assistant, it's kind of like their Siri, mm-hmm. is going to be built into Windows 10, which is interesting because, um, you know, kind of Cortana is kind of morphing into a combination of Siri and Google now. And so having it built into Windows 10 and then also work on Windows Phone kind of means that, you know, it gets to learn more about you and you can ask questions and it can kind of pop up Clippy style. Hmm. And, you know, say, hey, I see that you're typing in, you know, an address. Would you like to send an email to this person? Like, it, but it's really going to do that, um, you know, which could be your good or bad. And um, so, so it was going to built in, you know, voice search and, and some other things. And then they're also, they announced that um, it will be free, which is a big, big, for the first year, um, you'll have a year to redeem Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 8.1 licenses and convert them into Windows 10 licenses. And I think that this is smart. Microsoft is doing this for a couple of reasons. One, I think they want to get as many people to the latest version as possible. So how better to do that than get people on a free browser? You know, Apple or free um, OS. Apple has shown that adoption rates with with OS 10 have gone up dramatically since they introduced, you know, the, the, the free offerings. And number two, I think it's also as a way to try to convince businesses more than just consumers to get on board because a lot of businesses are still migrating, have just recently completed Windows 7 migrations and <laughs> have no interest in going to Windows 8 or 8.1. So if they're trying to get them to say, okay, I have a fleet of 20,000 machines and how do you entice them to upgrade to Windows 10? Well, you say, well, if you do it within the next 12 months, we won't make you pay a license fee for each machine. And and that might get IT departments to say, okay, you know what, we can we can assess the the benefits and 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 whatnot because the cost benefit analysis makes sense here. But really, I mean all the Windows 10 stuff is interesting, it's cool. Um, there's some really cool game stuff which I know that we'll probably want to talk about where where Xbox games you'll be able to stream your Xbox yeah. One games yeah. to yeah. Windows 10 devices, whether it's like a Surface tablet or a PC or whatever. And then you can use your controller. And the demos they showed looked awesome. That's great. You're also gonna be able to bring Windows 10 apps to Xbox, which means that Xbox will have some apps that don't suck. <laughs> so there's some really cool stuff. But I think that really what we all want to talk about, I mean, we can talk more about some of the Xbox stuff. I want to talk about bit. everything you just said. Like, every bit of it sounds awesome. But yeah, no, but the yeah, coolest yeah. thing yeah. was they showed off holograms. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I well, think, I think yeah. also you have to say, did did everyone hear the, the new startup music for Windows 10? No. No. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect, Georgia. And that is exactly what the startup music is. That was so perfect. No, I mean, so Just they should Just in case you didn't know. That Just is so you're saying that Microsoft bought the gem license from Netflix. That's the yeah, news basically, basically they, they paid. It's, Netflix wouldn't pay for Hasbro to continue to be on Netflix. They wouldn't they wouldn't re-up the contract. So instead, Microsoft was like, screw it. We'll buy the rights. I can't believe um, that that's completely true. Uh, it's maybe the greatest cartoon theme song ever. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could do that all day. Yeah, yeah, I love we that know. song. <laughs> no, um, so they showed off this thing, Windows Holographic, and at first we thought it was a joke because the live stream, we were a little bit behind um, oh. the people who were there, and, and I was seeing Lance uh, Ulanoff, um, who's um, Mashable's uh, chief um, correspondent. Um, he was saying they just showed off this holographic thing and i was like yeah okay and no no, it was, it was, no they're actually showing off holograms and showing off the idea is basically you have these ugly ass glasses that you wear these goggles that are augmented reality um that basically will let you do minority report style stuff where you can um kind of create new objects you can see overlays onto existing things that you're looking at you can play it's like you can play minecraft like in your living room mm-hmm. um i mean it it's uh, it's really dangerous kind of, it is but Why? it's all virtual Why? so it's all virtual because so i'll get overly excited and start like bumping around jumping moving things knocking things over breaking uh, well, boxes it was I'm, really cool though because you could like see the parts of your living room and exactly. the minecraft was just on top like there's a table and then minecraft is on top exactly. of the table it's real it was so i only watched the video but no i know and, yeah. and, and, and from talking to lance who got to then do some demos it worked really well i mean oh, even oh to the gosh. point that he was saying it, he was shocked at how well it worked like he was wow. this demo with the with the mars um rover where basically you know it's like you're on you know you see the size of the rover and it really does look like it's the size of a car and <sighs> they had a computer in this room and the computer was like blocked out so he could access the computer and everything else looked like it was, he was, you know, looking at these maps, this Mars stuff. He was able to get on the computer and, and, and click on things. And the person said, you know, move your mouse off the computer screen. And he did. And all of a sudden he had a pointer that he's then able to move onto the actual objects in real life. And then, manipulate things and kind of put things different places which is kind of unreal so it's like it extends your desktop to the real world which is kind of mind-blowing i mean it seems like i don't know about you guys but this seems like some george jetson minority report stuff and it's right it's like the but but yet it seemed i mean lance was saying the hardware was was definitely in prototype phase but the software felt really solid see and that's my worry about this because like ben kachera was writing a polygon today and he was showing like the the product for you know the way we were all sold connect right so mm-hmm. you're watching yeah. the connect intro video and then it's just laughable yeah. as you're watching it because it has nothing to do with the actual connect that's been driving us all crazy for three years at right. this point well, but granted. that was all vaporware so if they actually yeah. have something that you know that that works and then you can actually give it to a journalist and they, they exactly say it works that that yeah that really gives me like can i sidetrack this for just a second please that, do that um you know i i love apple products but i have been really impressed with what i've seen with microsoft lately and i can even Definitely. say for my company as we've been working with microsoft um i think they've got a really awesome winning team and attitude. And um, it's just, you see them kind of moving into the post-Balmer era and it just, it really feels like they're Mm -hmm. trying new things. What I got today was like seeing a vision and it just felt like Microsoft was going somewhere for the first time in like, what, 15 years at this point? Oh, totally. Do you feel that way too? Yeah. No, I I think I I completely agree. And I mean, to be fair to to Balmer, it was, this project has been in development for five years. So it started under him, obviously. But I agree with you completely. What was so telling to me about this whole presentation, both the Windows stuff and then even with the the HoloLens and the Windows holographic stuff, Mm -hmm. it was exactly what you said. They had this vision for the future. They've been talking for a long time about this one Windows philosophy. And it's just been kind of a mantra and been like, okay, but we don't see it. You know, you say that about everything and really just 
ends up being a variation of, of write once, run everywhere, which as we know from Java doesn't work. Right. But this time it's like, it seemed like they actually had the vision and the execution mm-hmm. talking to one another. You know, stealing from Mulder, I want to believe. Yes. <laughs> yes. As do I. As do I. I'm, 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 you know, hesitant to see. Obviously, it's not going to work as well as it worked on the demos. And obviously, right. stuff won't work. But if it could work like a tenth of as well, you yeah. know, then that's awesome. I think in a way that, you know, Connect, yeah, it was kind of vaporware. But this is the fact that, like, it seems like it's much further along than Connect was. And, and to be fair to Connect, you know, the, the second version was, you know, light years ahead of the first. Well, Connect's problem isn't, you know, I played around the Connect API because for Revolution 60, um, you know, our action events really tie well to the Connect. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I've wired it up and I mean, it's it's cool tech. It, it actually works well. The problem with Connect that they've always had is getting developers interested in this space. Because if you exactly. look at Microsoft's first party studios, like Halo is not your freaking audience for Connect, you know? No. So it, it's just, it's kind of a, um, it's just not a good fit there. So if you look at the casual games, it's just, that's never really been Microsoft's bag. So I think that's a bad fit. But if you look at, like they were doing this, uh, using this hollow interface to actually design 3D objects. Now I'm going to mm-hmm. say, like as someone that does 3D work, this has nothing to do with how you actually design and work in 3D, <laughs> and I'm not sold on it. But it seemed like an office application. And I think in that situation mm-hmm. where it's built into the OS and you're working with first-party stuff within the operating system, um, it just seems it, it seems like a lot easier vision to bring to fruition, you know. Definitely. Plus, I also feel like there's enough moonshotness about it that could convince developers that are interested in playing around and geeking out with Oculus um, to maybe take the same step and do that with this. You know, if you think about uh, Apple, you know, nobody was, I mean, we had great indie Mac developers before the iPhone. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, one of the main reasons I was a Mac user was because the quality of applications was so great. But in terms of market share, in terms of people learning to code, there weren't a lot of people who really wanted to go out of their way and learn to program in Objective-C until the iPhone came out. And that was the App Store. The whole idea was unique enough that people said, okay, I'll turn my nose about it and I'll do this. I think the best case scenario for Microsoft is that people will do the same thing, but with C Sharp and say, you know what, I will deal with .NET, I will deal with, you know, Visual Studio, I will deal with C Sharp, I will deal with this stuff because this idea is cool enough that even though I have no interest in developing for Microsoft as a platform, this is cool and I'll actually invest in this. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, they came out with a cool, you know, API and cool hardware and stuff like that. Like as a game developer, this is this is new. And yeah, you know, I've talked about this a lot on Isometric. What I am frustrated about with this generation. Never heard you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like a very iterative generation. So if I want to go and make a game on a PS3 as opposed to a PS4, I get some programmable shaders. And yeah, you know, I was talking to animators about this earlier this week, where you have you don't have to like compress animation. That's great. You know, I can use uh, a 4K map if I want to do that. That's great, but that's not like a breakthrough experience. And like when I see this tech, it just, it seems to solve problems and introduce gameplay in a way that's really, really exciting to me personally. I don't know how you guys feel. And um, I just, I want to get involved with that. I mean, you know, I something I think about all the time is... I was talking to a friend of mine, and when he he picked up the iPhone for the first time, he knew instantly that he was looking at the the next 20 years of computing. And when I saw this today, I was very skeptical at first. But 
if it does end up working even like in a Gen 1 kind of way, I can really see this being the future of like how we work in an office. I mean, does that agree? Do you guys know where I'm coming from? Yeah, I, I have to agree. I'm, I, I was burned by Project Natal, so I'm worried about that <laughs> you know, because I was so excited. I don't know how many times I watched the video and they were interacting. Are you being sarcastic? And and so I would, no, I'm Burnt. waiting. I'm waiting for my hollow deck. Give me my hollow deck. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that that they really can come through with this, and they're not going to go the way of vaporware. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I really hope that they get a usable version, because I think that that would completely change the manner in which we interact with things, and I think it would be a huge boost for Microsoft. But. How affordable do you guys think this is going to be? I'm thinking $1,000. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you, Christina. I wouldn't care. I would spend tons of money, and I use, I use, I have Macs. I'm like, I get holograms, you get my money, period. (laughs) Fair enough. Very straightforward. What's the, what's the, the the complicated part is going to be the the 3D technology, because it has to Mm -hmm. render 3D objects moving in turn Mm -hmm. with head tracking. So that's a, you know, Mm -hmm. what you call a non-trivial engineering constraint. You know, on top of that, you're going to have to, is it two eyes? Like, is it going to have to double render that into each eye, Christina? Do you know? How does Um, the actual lens technology work? I'm not actually sure. They haven't opened that up. I mean, Lance was saying, though, that, I mean, it looks like you're looking through these goggles and then it's seeing stuff painted on the screen. You know, it's a true augmented reality situation. He said that there was no stutter. He said that he wasn't sick. He said that, you know, it was a really solid experience. So I'm not sure how they're rendering that. Wow. I mean, that's, that's the scary. big problem with Oculus because it makes you feel sick. You know? It does. It you does. Know? I think that, you know, in this case, they're, the one good thing is that at least with augmented reality versus having to create virtual reality and recreate virtual images of all this stuff, there's been a lot of tech that's happened in, in um, uh, AR um, chipsets and, and technology um, over the last few years that's actually made it quite affordable to the point that you know Ericsson actually has a has a component that they can put on any Qualcomm system on a chip that at, that is like a dedicated AR chipset oh. that basically will let you do stuff for a tablet or a phone and bring up some really interesting augmented reality things to kind of use with the camera so that you would use your screen to then kind of show what you're looking at and I've seen I saw demos of that two years ago and mm-hmm. and I'm sure that it's only you know increased um, and, and, and decreased increased in capabilities and decreased increased in price. Uh-huh. So some of the stuff, at least on the AR side, I know that they've gotten down pretty well when it comes to, you know, rendering all the objects and doing the stuff where you can move from cursor to cursor and see different things. It seems like that's probably going to be processor intensive. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's going to be the big question. I think, though, that if they can bring it out, if it works again, you know, a fifth of as well as the demo, they can probably charge a significant amount and have at least developers and early adopters really go after this. And then, you know, you see where you go from there. Yeah. I mean, if Autodesk came out with something tomorrow to help me, eh, yes. it's hard to think of a problem in 3D that you could solve better with this interface. I guess, yeah, if I saw a problem in 3D being being solved, or like level design, imagine if as I was designing an Unreal level, I could actually walk through the level or, or yep. look around like that. That, that would be, be exactly like the making of yeah. Lord of the Rings. Totally. Well, no, I mean, and I think <laughs> yeah. that honestly, Autodesk is a great example there because yeah. yeah, if you're able to build and then manipulate and actually feel like that you got the sense that you could, you know, move around and rotate and get a good perspective of around something the actual right. size that it is rather than looking at it on your screen, yeah. that could be really beneficial if you're designing you know or think about what what other people can use it as applications so think if you're a surgeon 
yes. and you're having mm -hmm. to fix something, you can actually take a look, manipulate, and, you know, hopefully be able to actually perform a fake pseudo-surgery upon <laughs> right. it so that you can make sure that implements can fit, that things are phased properly, you know, 3D print the right parts. It's kind of like the story we talked about last week where, you know, the guy printed out his wife's skull, 3D printed his right. wife's skull, gave it to the surgeon, and, and the surgeon was able to figure out how to operate on her brain tumors so that she wouldn't lose her eyesight. If you could then have that context and have it maybe more visual for multiple people to kind of get involved with. Um, and then I think for architecture, my dad was, was, was a builder. Mm -hmm. He's retired now. You know, you think about the way you could lay out on a building site and actually see okay, this is where we put in, you know, our struts and this is where we put in, you know, some of the foundation stuff and the building things and have a real sense of, do I need to move this here? Do I need to move this here? And, and am I making the right building decisions before I get started? You know, it would be having, just like the Sims. It would, it would. And, and that, but it, that would be amazing. Like for a yes. lot of people, that would be, A, it would be amazing to be just like the Sims and B, like you could conceivably, you know, I remember my, when my parents' house was built, somebody did something wrong with the footings when they were laying down the, the foundation and they had to redo it. And it was a huge pain in the ass and, and it put back, you know, development on their house a couple of months. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you would be able to prevent things like that from happening, um, that could be huge. I, I guess I do have to say the reality, like the movie version of working in 3D is like working on a magic screen. The reality of it is like looking at a spreadsheet and you know, like picking <laughs> geometry apart for hours and like pushing and pulling vertices forever. You're, you're, I, harshing, you're harshing my mellow. It's, you are. That's not what I wanted to hear. I want to hear holodeck. I'm interacting. I'm in there. I'm playing Final Fantasy 15 with you know who. And like <laughs> I, yeah. So uh, I, I guess I'd say, you know, Christine, my worry with this is it, it seems to me, and I'm speaking very generally here, it seems to me that Apple's advantage, which, by the way, I think they've blown with Yosemite, which just doesn't work for me, um, is that they have a smaller number of devices they have to support, very generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And because of that, things tend to work better. So when you're talking about like, they're just going to like rebrand, you know, Internet Explorer and still keep all the plumbing underneath it. The problem is that plumbing has been running, it's been expanding for so long, and it, it supports all this legacy architecture. You know, that's the reason why Microsoft brings these things out. It just has so much stuff to support and the plumbing underneath is just such a mess at this point that you know when they're showing this cool vision of working between xbox and everything else in the house it just it doesn't work in reality because they're just there's such a large array of stuff involved that bugs invariably happen um do you have any faith that that's going to be solved like do you agree with that how do you feel no i mean i think that you're right i mean i think that What's interesting about the HoloLens and the Windows holographic stuff is that it almost feels, even though it's based on Windows 10, it feels like a very separate mm -hmm. sort of thing. You know, you you have your own, you know, concentrated piece of hardware. It would probably, you know, it's only going to work with certain apps and, and have other things going on. I'm less convinced about things like the Xbox, you know, game streaming, as great as that would be. Um, and some of the, the Continuum stuff, which in my test, it works pretty well. But, you know, it, there are things that use cases it can't exactly account for. Um, I think that, you know, Internet Explorer has been decent for a long time. Uh, it's just that people have a, a bad taste in their mouth with yeah. it. And I think that rebranding really helps in that sense. But I do think that your broader point about how, you know, 
Microsoft is is always been kind of stuck between these this a rock and a hard place in the sense that on the one hand they are ubiquitous and that ubiquity has partially existed and continue to exist because they support everything forever. And on the other hand, that ubiquity makes it really hard to move anybody forward to anything. It makes it really hard to innovate. And Apple's starting to run into that a little bit with with, with iOS. You know, we've seen that you know with with the first iPad and some other things where people don't get upgrades. And you know, even with iOS eight, where there are a lot of people who are still on iOS seven. Uh, but for the most part, you know, Apple's been able to deal with the fact that people will just upgrade and just ignore the people that don't. Microsoft doesn't have that luxury. Um, but to that point, because they don't have that luxury, yeah, it is kind of like the connect system. It's kind of like the, the dream where, oh, everything is all going to work together. And then it doesn't. And I hope that that gets better. But if I'm being honest, I'm still, I mean, I would expect the Xbox integration stuff to be buggy as hell. Yeah. You know, I would expect the streaming scenario as great as it looked in the demo that they did there, which was impressive. You know, it'll be just as, as buggy as, as, you know, the PlayStation, you know, now is. And, and that's pretty buggy and it has some mm-hmm. issues, you know, and, and that's with, with older titles, not even the same thing. Um, so... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope it'll improve, but I do feel like you're exactly right. I think that there's reason to be skeptical that they'll be able to get all the bugs worked out that, you know, are going to beguile any any platform that has as many, that has a billion and a half users. But, you know, Microsoft didn't get into this this position in a year, you know. No. And I the Microsoft I see is really turning around. And, yeah, this is where Simone, I kind of turn to you. Like, um, maybe... Mm. Being younger, you might not be as as jaded with Microsoft <laughs> as I am. Like, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, Windows 95 came out. So, you know, like, I mean, how how do you feel about this? Like, what are, what are your, I mean, do you, you use Windows, don't you? I do use Windows, but honestly, I feel pretty much the same way. Like, I use Windows because that's what I grew up with. And mm-hmm. I had, you know, I have a hard time adjusting to using the Mac, although I use it for work now and I really like it, so I don't know. But <laughs> honestly, I use Windows because that's what I'm used to. I And I hate Windows 8. I've had so many problems with it just running so slowly on my computer, my new computer, which I don't understand. So like like Georgia, I'm kind of like, oh, I hope it'll work, but <laughs> I'm not, I don't really have a lot of faith in them, which is sad, but... I actually had a question for you about the streaming because you're talking about streaming games from Xbox to PC and yeah. that sounds like from a developer standpoint like something that would be really complicated and I'm not sure what goes into that. Well, I mean, it seems like it's just an API where they they just basically transmit over Wi-Fi what the video signal is going to be. Okay. So there's going to be lag, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, I've seen it demoed with Steam. It's not great. But the thing yeah. with Steam is it only supported... Christina, you, you may remember this. Was it only NVIDIA cards? Or you had to have some yeah, specific... Yeah, it was only the NVIDIA yeah. cards. And then yeah. there was there were a number of startups. There was OnLive and there was Galkey. And Galkey OnLive was, was one, janky as frack. It, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> which is why they went under. Um, and, and I had friends who worked there. I actually broke the story of their layoffs because I got a text message from somebody who was like yeah we just all got laid off I was like okay uh it was pretty bad but um you know but there was was Galki I think that's how you pronounce it which uh, uh, Sony bought um I think that you know you can do it and it's not I mean it's kind of like airplay you know it can work pretty well Mm -hmm. I think that the key and and you you would know more about this than I would Brie um would be I think to make sure that you could get the timing on the controller right to account for the lag yep yeah. That's that's basically it. So, and again, when you're dealing with the wide variety of hardware, that 
you know, engineering equation becomes, you know, less reliable, more complicated every single step of the way. Let's be honest, though. I mean, AirPlay barely works, or at least it does <laughs> for me. So, and I have an all Apple house. So, you know, um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think if Microsoft, um, you know, plays their cards right, I really think they can gain a lot of the consumer trust that they've mm-hmm. lost. Yeah. And um, I am happy that it's going to be free. Like, I am totally going to upgrade immediately. I'll oh. do anything to get away from Windows 8. I, I will say yeah. just as beta yeah. as the developer preview or whatever has been, it's still so much better than Windows 8. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sold. So before we move before we move on to our next topic, Christy, I just have to I have to contrast the discussion we just had. So I was at the gym right before this. I won't say which news channel I was watching, but I was watching their tech reporter talk about this subject. And it was it was so superficial. I'm talking to you. You like know more about this than I do, and I'm a developer. I think that I think that really speaks to your your talent. Mm-hmm. So, oh well thank you. you know. Well thank you. Well this is why I will be going on TV tomorrow to talk about well, that. Oh, um, the problem go. is, of course, is that when you go on those channels, you've got to like dumb it down for like. Oh my god! That you've got to dumb it down for the mainstream audience. So you've got to give them. They want talking points. They want bullet points. So I was like sending the the, the cable network I'm talking to tomorrow. I was like sending them bullet points, and uh-huh. you can't uh-huh. get into the nuances, unfortunately. No, you but, can't. But, but my my goal is always to be to try to be understandable, relatable, accessible. I guess is the term I'm looking for, but accurate. So. Even if I gloss over some of the details, my goal, and I don't always succeed, but I try to, is that nothing you hear me say will be inaccurate. Right. You know, right. so. Uh, this person did not succeed at that. But CNN is tough. They keep you <laughs> They keep you down a really tough channel. And it's like you feel like you're, it feels like you're in a wind tunnel, like as they <laughs> blow you through with their leading questions. And I don't know. That's been my experience. But we'll move on. Um, okay, so our second story today is... You know, this is, I thought this was a really cool topic. This is making my husband very jealous, even thinking about <laughs> talking about this. So the one of the developers of Dead Space um, was basically studying interface, interface design for his game. And uh, so what he did was he broke out Star Wars and New Hope, and he basically made a supercut of every single interface from A New Hope and kind of cut it together to kind of evaluate it and um you know something when you're a developer if you're if you're doing animations you almost always use reference material so like um it's funny like for anim uh, revolution 60 for a lot of the the scenes we actually have video in the gsx office of amanda like while she's ridiculously pregnant like doing these kung fu moves oh, that ended oh, up I in lo- the game i want to see these i know it's great because she would record <laughs> herself like doing these scenes and so and then <laughs> animate it. So basically that's what this Dead Space developer I assume was doing. Um what I found really noteworthy about this was it's so cool to I think at least to like see what they thought the future would be in yes. 1976 mm-hmm. or was it 6 or 7 1977 seven. yeah when when you know a new hope came out and compare it to today so you yeah, Simone I'm going to you know pass that over to you like did you see this like what oh, did you gosh. what did you think of this video yeah <laughs> what did I think of this video I watched I think 2 minutes of it today during <laughs> work cuz I'm leaving tomorrow <laughs> right? and I was like I have no time <laughs> I love your, your, oh gosh, when Bree's like, I'm going to leave it to you. You're going to talk about it and explain it all. 
Go for it, Simone. Go for it. Uh, Humiliate. We'll edit that part out. You go, Simone. I have seen Star Wars, and as a person who has seen Star Wars... um, no, it does. I I actually still really like the way that the Star Wars technology looks. I don't think it's as bad as it could have been. Um, having had a very brief refresher course today, <laughs> someone else, please help me. I I thought there was a really big what what I thought was really interesting watching this was there was um you know our future today. It seems like a lot of the interfaces we use are increasingly. They don't exist in reality. Like, if right. you use your smartphone, they just draw in the interfaces on the screen, and you're just tapping mm-hmm. a piece of glass all day. What mm-hmm. really interested me about Star Wars, and I was asking my husband about this, like, the people that actually designed these sets were mechanics. And if you think about 1977, um, you know, they didn't have, like, even computer chips and cars to diagnose things in this age. So, right. like, as they're interfacing with everything, it's, like, physical, like if R2-D2 yeah. is interfacing with the slot, like they have droids that can walk around and emulate like human intelligence through heuristics, but Wi-Fi <laughs> is freaking beyond me, man. So it's like <laughs> go into the terminal and like access it with mechanical slots turning Buttons over. and knobs. Right, Buttons exactly. Like R2-D2 is this entire thing that's walking this around. This entire with robot like, right, has to right, actually right. touch things in order to interact with exactly. it. Though he's completely autonomous. Yeah. But Bree, that's exactly what I missed from the supercut. Like, I love that Ignacio put together all of the pieces, but what I really wanted was... Like the the like it was almost like the thesis proposal without the actual thesis. What do you like mean? Like set it all out, but I wanted to know what were his or you know what our thoughts are on you know where are we going and where did we come? Because I saw it and you know I'm not a designer, so for me it's all about the psychology of what happens and where do we want to go, which is. I guess, unfortunate for us, lazier and lazier. We have to move <laughs> less and less in order to interact, interact with the things around you. And even if now, if I have to tap twice on my phone, I'm like, you know what? I might not even do it. <laughs> so, you know, which is, I think, interesting in a, in a physiological and in a psychological sense to whom who we are as people. But that's why when I watched it, I was like, you know what? I wish that I had, like, you know his thoughts to it while I was yeah. watching it because yeah. that's the interesting part to me is what did you get out of this? Well, and, I think his mission objective was to look for anim sets and you know things to build that he could put into the environment. You know, I, I don't think he was that's, trying to invent the next interface, you know? No, that's true. But I think to yeah. George's point, yeah. it would be yeah. nice if there was some sort of maybe analysis. I guess yeah. I was reminded a lot by um, at, at Singleton this year, um, there's a great talk um, uh, from the guy who did, um, uh, uh, I think it's a typeface to the future, mm-hmm. which if you guys haven't seen it is is a fantastic blog. What's the, the name base, of it again? It's called a typeface to the future. Okay. And um, a type typeset in the future. That's what it is. Typeset in the future. And basically, he goes through 2001: A Space Odyssey and Alien and a few other uh, sci-fi films and looks at all of the oh. the fonts oh. in in their systems. Well, what's fascinating, what he did at Singleton is he gave this great presentation where he basically did a mise-en-scene analysis of both the AI or the UI stuff and the UX stuff in 2001, but also in what I thought was really interesting in Alien. And in Alien, other than the fact that there were cathode ray curved TVs that were curved the wrong, you know, uh, um, convex instead of concave, um, 
many of the interfaces actually worked really well. Hmm. And it's interesting to see how some of the, you know, the difference between, like, say, a Ridley Scott and a Stanley Kubrick and someone like a George Lucas, and, and, and this is not to disparage Lucas too much, is that some of the, the you know, the, 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 the Scots and, and, and the um, Kubricks really did think a lot about those sorts of design things. And a lot of those things, I think, carried on to the future. And if, if, if anything... Uh, maybe created our ideas for what interface would be. Yeah. And I think we actually see that now with, again, we're talking about, you know, what we saw with the HoloLens and the Microsoft holographic stuff. I kept saying it looks like stuff out of Minority Report. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really a coincidence because a lot of the people that worked in Minority Report who were from MIT and were from other, you know, labs have gone on to work at Microsoft and Google and places like that. Like most of the original Microsoft Surface, not the, the tablet, but the giant table, most of that team was former people who'd worked on Minority Report. So it's interesting that a lot of our user interfaces moving forward are actually being built by people who have worked in film. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm with you is like, what, what, how do we, you know, how do you, when you're trying to, like, the, and what I like about Typeset in the future is that it's how do you design for kind of a future world? Because it is a really interesting concept because what we're doing now might have, I mean, you know, even if you go back and look at films, you know, made a dozen years ago, you see phones with buttons, you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that yeah. whole concept has gone away completely. Well, that's what that's what I thought was the juxtaposition here. And I thought again, it was like Microsoft was planning our, our show today because they, okay. they've tied it all <laughs> together totally so brilliantly. So what I find frustrating and what I think the next big thing we've got to solve with materials is when I use my smartphone, Clearly, it is a better solution for the smartphone to just have a pane of glass and to draw your interfaces on it rather than, you know, having some Nokia thing from 2004 with a bunch of buttons on it. It's clearly a better solution. But from an interface perspective, it's like it's like everything in your interface you're using with Novocaine. There is no feedback like with with you touching the glass. It's it's why smartphone gaming is so unsatisfying. There's no buttons to push. There's no resistance with like movement. It just it exactly. feels so numb and pointless. Mm. And this Microsoft Vision is actually going further in that direction where you're like waving your hands in the air to you know like do all these gestures and to manipulate things in 3d space this is a really big problem you know if you look at books like ready player one who kind of pontificate about what the future of you know like vr reality could be one of the tenets of that one of the rules of that universe is giving you like haptic feedback gloves so mm-hmm. you have some sensation like if you're touching an object in space like you get feedback with it like like it vibrates and you know, like some of the the material scientists that I've seen working out of MIT they've like work to modify uh, like the glass on smartphone screens so there's a little bit of feedback as you touch it. Right. And this to me was what was so interesting about watching the Star Wars video which again was kind of this technology was made by people that worked in their garage because it's, right. a, it's a universe where you have to if you want to connect to something you got to spin a metal bit around or if you want to connect mm. a 
droid, you don't like work a console like TNG. You have to get in there with the hydro spanner and fix something. It's interesting to I wonder like if there's a point where we go back to those more mechanical things for the exact reasons that you mentioned. You know, I think about like one of my favorite films in the last ten years, and one of my favorite sci-fi films, frankly, is Wall-E. Right? And you think Mm -hmm. about Wall-E, and like you think that he's this this robot who obviously is from the future, ahead of, of of where we are, but he's this antiquated robot who still has a lot of kind of analog things. And I kind of like the idea that maybe at some point I could see maybe return to some of that, mm-hmm. maybe not to the, the degree that, that we have now, but for those exact reasons, you know, because I think, you know, gaming being one of the primary things, it sucks to play certain games on a handheld because I want my freaking buttons, right. you know, and and they're doing really interesting things with haptic feedback um, and, and some other things. I saw some demo at NAB of all places a few years ago. It was this weird demo where you put on these glasses and it looks like you, you're popping balloons and you use this little pin and you press forward and you're literally pressing into air. But it felt like I was pressing a pin against a balloon. It felt oh, the wow. exact sensation felt identical sure. and you would press harder and then it would deflate and you would feel it back. And wow. this was all done with haptics. And this was all done with haptics. And that was really fascinating. They're talking about medical use cases, actually, weirdly, for some of that stuff in terms of training people, doing surgeries and things like that. So you could get the, the sense of what it would be like to cut something open and how far and how deep to wow. go in, what the sensation would be. And I kept thinking, I was like, why can't we bring this to, you know, like games? Right, <laughs> right, right. So so that I can play, you know, my, my, my games on my iPhone and not be annoyed and not have to use one of the terrible iPhone controllers because they are terrible. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, Georgia, do you want do you want a future like this? Do you want like do you want more physical stuff? Like what do you want? Do you want minority report feature or Star Wars feature? Oh, I I actually would rather I want I want I want Star Trek features. Like I want the holodeck that I can actually interact You're with and feel with. I know. That's mm. what I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Someone help me. But no, I, I actually would like, I think that it's, we are made to be tactile. And I think that when we are missing one of our senses in the world, in these virtual worlds that we are creating, it, it actually takes us out from them. And I think that it is important. So, you know, when you're using like Oculus and, you know, you're interacting with the world, but you don't see your hands, that causes this real small sense of like an anxiety of like there's something wrong, there's something off. And I think that the tactile feel is exceptionally important to us. Like the, the ability to touch is, is essential to our feeling of well-being and security in the world. Like they took little tiny, you know, monkeys and they took them with the metal mom and then they had the warm terry cloth mom, but the metal mom had food and water. <laughs> And the terry cloth mm-hmm. mom had warmth and affection, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. And these poor little baby monkeys, it's a horrible story, but they would like actually cling on to the terry cloth mom and only go to the other mother when, when they needed like, you know, to be fed. Huh. So I think that it has a lot of really interesting ideas and ways that we could apply it to be able to be tactile with the environments that we're dealing with. And I think also for people that are blind, for people that are impaired, for people that are interacting with the world in different ways, I think that it also helps bind us together so they have a different way of interacting with technology instead of just through sight. Mm-hmm. It surrounds us. It binds us together. Oh, what were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was we, just are, we are Groot. <laughs> <laughs> oh good oh. 
I was thinking about Assassin's Creed, and I was thinking about. <laughs> yes. Oh, I like you, Simone. I like. I like you, you too. This is so great. Love Assassin's Creed. Okay, but my problem here is I'm thinking about how satisfying the sound is when the the um oh gosh the blades you know you stab someone with your little blades but <laughs> yes I think that there is a tactile limitation there. <laughs> Perhaps I'm Must just curious about. Yeah, well, seriously, wouldn't it be well. kind of cool if you thought like maybe not? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. That might go too far. Now I'm thinking. I was oh going to say now I sound like a serial killer because I want to get the feedback of what it's actually like oh, to like press. Okay, Brie, go ahead. Go ahead. You can no, no, off no. Me now. I, I, <laughs> and see this. I think like I know if if this were a, a tactile thing in video games, my audience, which is parents, would flip <laughs> out. Oh my god! <sighs> you would have to have like tactile free murder games <laughs> it'd be like tactile it'd be like, free call of duty it'd be like mortal Kombat for snes where there was the the, the sweat instead of the blood <laughs> oh. oh yeah oh i, like I was that. thinking I about that. actually yeah. feeling the tactile movement of feeling sweat i'm like that's no longer cool Ew. i'm like no <laughs> i was thinking about fighting fighting someone else and actually feeling when you get hit i think that that would be awesome that would be great i think that, that know... just for my martial art training would be oh sick to be able to actually that would be move cool. and feel oh my god that but would be to great. feel sweat and drizzles and That'd drool and if someone yeah. spits at you you feel it that's <laughs> going too far now like t- there's there's a level of reality that you don't want to see it's almost like this when they have 4k true. tvs and you see someone in hd content and you're like you know what i don't want to see brad pitt in in hd content it's too much <laughs> you, i want to see the glossed out version I want to live in my fantasy. Right. Now, I'll tell you what will happen if we can touch things in games. Every game will need to include a dog that you can pet. Oh. Like. I would, I would be down Ooh, with that. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. I would be yeah. totally down with that. That'd be, that'd be cool. Wouldn't that be uh, like the um, Temple Brandon, like the, the, what was that? Her, what's her, her hug box thing? Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. The, 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 um, the hugger. The yeah, little hug area that she feels to, to lower, to lower. But you don't actually need it to be any more tactile than actually just having the little uh, two sides that you kind of get squeezed by. It's the squeezing. That okay. Kind of... Oh, it's the squeezing. Okay, because I was just thinking you could like take that and like have the puppy thing and be like you could oh. hug and pet a puppy. Like that'd be oh. kind of soothing. Oh my god, that would be great. Well, what would be really oh cool god. is you could Skype call like you know your grandma and you could hug her. That would be cool. That would too. be so great. That would be pretty awesome, actually. Why are you laughing at me, Bree? <laughs> no, I was just thinking I about my grandmother and her fear of technology. Uh, and just All my grandparents are that dead. Would terrify so. her oh my. instead of making her. It might happy. be take her over so. the edge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to see Simone. Like, my life is not going to be complete until I go to Pixel Can and I see a video of Simone <laughs> shooting a cheerful video of her, like, stabbing a guy about the face and neck. Like, with the video like there oh. for a parent just like and this is how your child is uh, I'll show you how <laughs> oh no the first no. and last video yeah. before they come right. after her yeah. yep <laughs> now you know how I'm going to get fired <laughs> thanks Microsoft yay <laughs> <laughs> we and we didn't even talk about the nefarious means that people would use these so but anyways yeah well, we'll, we'll, we'll let's leave that g-rated today we'll a lot this. more adult only only yeah, games in the yeah. future so i think this is the part where the uh the show goes uh, off the rails because is it gem time? <laughs> because it's gem time christina christina uh basically sent uh sent me a text this week in all caps talking <laughs> about gem being pulled off netflix now yeah, so upset. all 
All of us here have very strong feelings about Jem, except for Simone. So <laughs> I'm neutral. Will, I'm an impartial observer. We will, I know. I'm... We're so we're all friends here. We all want to be friends after this discussion, right? Mm. Like, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do that, Christine. I'm going to kick it over to you. Like, why don't you? All right. So, all right. so for so yeah. for for the five people and Simone who are not familiar with the Gin and the Holograms, <laughs> which is one of the greatest television shows ever created with the intent purpose of promoting a toy line. Let me give you a, a quick little background. From aired from 1985 to 1988, and then in syndication, Jim was literally it just like Transformers and GI Joe. It was a cartoon that was made with the express purpose of selling a toy line by Hasbro. Hasbro was trying to take on Barbie. And so their idea was that they would create Jim and the holograms. And Jim is basically this holographic, um, weirdly, um, so basically this girl, Jerrica, her father was a music executive. He died, leaves her his computer, which includes this hologram stuff that can transform her face into basically looking the same, but with slightly different hair. <laughs> and she and her friends then become glam rockers. And save, basically get into a, a band, a battle of the bands with this evil group, the Misfits, to save her father's record label from going to the evil Eric Raymond. And basically they have these adventures and they sing and they dance. And Jim has to, Jerrica has to hide her identity as actually being Jim because for some reason. Because uh, she's I tried cheating. Watching. Her band mm-hmm. is actually cheating. The Misfits are actually the ones that should win. They really she's, are because they're she's the actually a hologram. She's, she's a hologram, and, mm-hmm. and 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 her whole, all of her outfits and the music all comes out of this computer. And so she has these earrings, which are what like set the lasers to make everything awesome. I had those um, and 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 the earrings are amazing. So the Barbie dolls that they had had these little earrings and came with dolls. If you remember Barbie and the Rockers, Simone, the whole reason Barbie and the Rockers <laughs> existed was because Jim was popular for like half a second, yep. and and Mattel was like. Oh, hell no. And then they created Barbie and the Rockers, and frankly, Barbie and the Rockers were better. And so, you know, Barbie won again. Um, I'm sorry, music- Barbie and the Rockers had a good theme song. They didn't have the gem theme song. I just want to put that out. No, you're dead on. The Barbie yeah, and the Rockers yeah. were, were better dolls, but but the Jim songs, the Jim theme song are amazing. There's this song called mm-hmm. Who's He Kissing, uh, which is basically Jim dealing with the fact that her boyfriend, Rio, is <laughs> making out with her as Jerrica and her as Jim. And she's conflicted because, like, as we said before, she's cheating on herself with herself. And like, he's her cheating on her. Like, really, and she should have dumped him. She Absolutely. really should have. Although then she also had the thing going on where Jim ha- Jim liked the guy from uh from 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 the the hair metal band. What were they? The Stringways or whatever. Uh-huh. The, the the Stingrays or whatever. Like she had a flirtation with him. So you know she wasn't like Lily White. But regardless, this show <laughs> well, was she fantastic. had her heart broken by Rio. I mean, well, you Rio know, was she still in love with her. her. Right. Rio was yeah. still in love with her, and Jerrica loved him, and Rio loved Jerrica, but he also liked Jim. Jim was the one who was then cheating with the guy from the Stingers. <laughs> the Stingers. That was their name. So there's the Miss fits the evil band and then the singers this other band which they tried to, when they were trying to revive the toy line anyway needless to say the tv show did far better than the toy line ever did mm-hmm. um but hasbro and netflix have failed to reach an agreement to have hasbro's shows on netflix anymore which means that pound puppies uh, my little pony friendship is magic and jim are all leaving the network which yeah. is terrible um or, or leaving the service but anyway you've heard all this randomness about jim it's actually crazier than i can even explain I spent last year a ridiculous amount of time rewatching it and going, how did I watch this as a, as a, as a three and four year old child and love this so much? Right. Cause it doesn't uh, hold up. It does not hold up. The music does. The, the, it does. And it doesn't. The music holds up except where they, 
like they changed yes. the theme song. What was it? Season three or something? Yeah, they and tried it... to change the theme song and then they were like, that didn't work. Yeah. But no, the, the, music hold, the music holds up, but the storylines are just freaking bananas. <laughs> and so are you telling way. me to spend the next like two weeks yes. marathoning the show? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. You should okay. watch enough of it to understand for my education. Oh, what and you also, also yeah. they're making a movie. They're making a gym. <gasps> oh, really yeah. They're making a live action movie. one, right? Yeah. I'm... They're making a live action movie. And so it's going to be terrible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I mean, be, I heard it's, they it's... shot it in like a week or something. The guy that directed the Justin Bieber documentary yeah. and yeah. one of the Step It Ups, uh, John Chu, I think is his name, or John Chu. Can't think of his name. I've, I've interviewed him before. He's a nice guy, but he 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 directed it. It's going to be terrible. Um, it's uh, Moises and I have, have have a shared appreciation for the film Josie and the Pussycats, uh, yeah. because we like the the three small words song. But that was a fairly bad movie. This is going to be ten times worse than that, and you know the music's going to suck. Yeah. Still, I will see it. I won't pay oh, for I'll it watch necessarily, it like four times. but I'll see it. Yeah, Absolutely. I'll own that. Um, you know. I feel I better now because I, mm, no. I listened to the Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack on repeat for many, many, many months when I well, was because that was Well, that was a great soundtrack. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was. Um, but yeah, so any, but no, you should absolutely spend the next two weeks watching every bit of gin that you can because it's terrible, but yet it's oddly like... I know you guys talk. I've talked a lot. You go, you, uh, Brie and Georgia talk because I, I, I've said too much. I, I think Jim has some, like, I was watching it and it's like, oh, what was the show of that age? It was with the Pinky Man. And you watch it and you're like, how did I not understand how gay the show was? Yes, you know? Yes. Like, you watch it and then, uh, like, you're rewatching Jim and you're like, this, like, potentially screwed up an entire generation of women like, because the messages <laughs> we are, bad. are so unhealthy even, yeah even as a little kid i always thought the whole like hiding it from rio thing was stupid right mm-hmm. but well, i was smart enough as a little kid to realize the insipidness of that but you think about other little kids little girls and like oh it's perfectly fine to lie to your boyfriend and, and be okay when he's kissing your alter ego right. and like not have a problem right. with it like what the hell rio is evil dump him it's almost yeah. like one of those shows where you're like oh my god the person that i liked is actually the anti-hero she did a right. whole bunch of things wrong right. she cheated to become a singer they she she cheated herself she was cheating on herself she dated someone exactly. that wasn't treating her with respect and and then she cheated on him too it's like uh, yeah. when you read the sweet valley high books as a little kid and you relate with elizabeth and you think she's great and then you read them as an adult and yep. you realize elizabeth sucks jessica's yep. crazy <laughs> and that lila fowler is the only one who is awesome the, the spoiled little bitch girl and you're like really i just want lila and jessica to like leave all these losers and go away it's like one of those things for me at least <laughs> it's it's an interesting right thing i think someone you should just watch one to say that you've ever watched it because yeah, you're not going to have watch that attachment that. back to your childhood um but the music is rocking the, the music, music is, is you should music get the soundtrack solid. it's actually like i renee and i still sing this song all the time <laughs> oh Just, my god georgia you must shoot a viral video of renee singing the jump theme oh song. my god he, he, must, he, he, he is great for all kinds of theme songs like he knows every almost every you single gotta theme do song. it like the taylor swift cop oh yeah but, like have him oh, doing it oh, i like that i like <laughs> yes. that i'll do that he, he knows all the Buffy songs, too. I, I know most of them <gasps> oh. as well. I'm going to be honest about that. <laughs> but That's good. So yeah. can I say this? I think I – so I've often thought, like, occasionally I go on eBay and I'm like, well, maybe I want to get, like, some of those gem toys from, like, when I was a kid. But the yes. dolls are kind of freaky looking. Like, they if you are, look but at they, them. Yeah. They, they are. They're making new ones that are actually beautiful. Yeah. By uh, Integrity Toys. I was Integrity Toys. Yeah, those are fantastic. Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah. But, but oh. they but are. 
I'm a grown up. I've got seventy dollars at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I know how. Look great. Oh no, I know. Trust me, you guys. One of my secret shames is I don't collect them. But if I had the time and the and the money, I would totally collect like the high end Barbie dolls. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so beautiful oh, in their yeah. clothes, and I would just like they are I, I would do that because I'm a gay man trapped in a in a, in a woman's <laughs> body, and I would love to have. I mean, I realize this is stereotypical, but it's also a little bit true. I would love to just have a gargantuan collection of like fashion elite high end fashion dolls with like designer clothes. Yeah, I would amazing. I would play with that. I would go over I, to your uh, house yeah. and play. That oh, it's precisely. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the whole point to yeah. be able to play. I mean, this is why I love Minecraft and things like that so much. Yeah. It's like a dollhouse. Well, yeah, that's why All it right. took so long when I was playing uh, Dragon Age Inquisition just to make the character took longer than the time for me to play. <laughs> <laughs> Ninety hours. Ninety yeah, hours. Exactly. My character's ready to play. I always like the misfits a lot more than me Joe. too. I, I always love the that. misfits yeah. and their green hair. Yeah, because they were like. They were mean, and they were you always. I I, know, I always like. I don't think girls. they were that mean. I think they were kind of mistreated and stood up for themselves and tried to win because they were they misrepresented. I they no, were, they were a little bit mean because okay. as I said, I rewatched this. I mean, they tried to sabotage Jim's career and they tried to she, they tried to kill her in like the like the second episode. <laughs> but she's a they couldn't act. She was a hologram. She'd been okay. Now, did they know that she's lying and impersonating? No. Or she's oh, a cheat. Okay, no one knows. They have no clue about that, and and instead they they purposely like took off like some sort of sign when her when their jeep was driving and like mm-hmm. they almost died like the car like fell out and like it, it, it and they had to use the it synergy the 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 computer in a certain way to to get help it was it was very bad so so these these dolls are pretty creepy and they have really high foreheads but I want all of their clothes I know See, I know exactly I I was looking at that it's like. What I think is really cool is if you look at the gem line of dolls, there's some aesthetic in the rules of the 80s that just, it it all mixes together into something that just transcends awesomeness. You know, it's the big hair (laughs) and the the loud, the loud, I mean, like, I'm so angry at my parents for not naming me like Kimber Stormer. Like, that's a certain name that you could only have in the 80s. You know, it's just the aesthetic is so gorgeous. And Asia Leith, yeah. Shayna Elmsford, mm-hmm. like Rhea Alonso. I mean, yeah, they're nice names. And then uh, uh, the, the the worst misfit is, is is Phyllis Pizzazz Gabor, and the best part about her is that she's just a spoiled little rich girl, which is like the best part. Yep. <laughs> just like Lila Fowler. See, it always comes back. I love Lila Fowler. I love Blair Waldorf. I love Phyllis Pizzazz Gabor. We need you know, to if I dressed episode. up like Jem for like Halloween, do you think anyone would really know? Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't think they it would matter. It would look amazing. Oh, oh my God. You have to do that, Georgia. You should just do that like as you're being a therapist. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> you should do that in your real life. Like, just like, hey, what's up? And then just play it off. Like, what like do you it's mean? nothing. What right. do you mean, giant star of my eye? It would be really, it would probably be pretty bad. Like, if I had like teenage people that were my clients i think that that would be probably they would think it's cool (laughs) but i think for like children and like for the elderly i think that might be too much for them i'm maybe i'm not sure you guys gym con 2015 is from august 28th (gasps) to the 30th and it's in philadelphia oh my god that's like Uh, we should totally go because that's just a train ride yeah i'm looking this up yeah gym con 2015 gym con it would be it would finally be a judgment-free environment for me like it really that's... would be. <laughs> it would be not only I mean, the cosplay they have of the guys who are dressed up like Rio is kind of fantastic. 
Do you get to oh just slap Rio if you see him? Like that would be great. I think. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny though because the creator has defended Rio, and we're all like, "What? It's terrible." Wow. I know. Well, because they have to, you know. The Rio like, oh, sympathizer. No, he's really a good guy. It's like, no, 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 no way. Simone, what was your Even generation's so. gem? What did? What are? What are you oh, this ridiculously passionate about? From my childhood. Oh gosh. Oh, I'm totally. What in the world did I ever watch as a child? I have this problem where I, uh, great swaths of my childhood, I've apparently just forgotten. I was super into dinosaurs. I know that. I had like yeah. dinosaur yeah. dolls yeah. and legit. figurines and stuff. Legit. I think it was Spice Girls. It was Spice oh Girls for God. sure. Yes. Oh, you know, That's which legit. makes sense because these were the Spice Girls, except the Spice Girls are oh, real. Yeah. 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 Oh my God, yeah. you guys! Like, like Simon Cowell when he created the Spice Girls, what he basically did was create like a real version of Jim. Yeah, he That's did a that... '90s version of Jim. That's exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, now who's your favorite Spice Girl? Oh, mine was you, Sporty Spice, I... and it was a great angst to me because I wasn't allowed to listen to the music because it was inappropriate, apparently. What? But I did convince my grandmother to buy me the Sporty Spice doll, and nice. she's my total yeah. fave. Now Posh is my fave because she's hot. I was but... going to say, Posh Posh was always my fave. Yeah. And when I went for Halloween as the Spice Girls in, in ninth <gasps> grade, I had to go as Posh because they had – It was I, my sister was, was in college then, and, and I was younger, but they needed a fifth person. And so I got to be Posh, which was nice. like the greatest – It was like the the greatest night of my, it was because I was the one brunette so it was like like the greatest night of my life yeah you've got the you've got the posh thing going on anyway mm-hmm. you can pull that off yeah um no but, but uh, no what about Georgia uh, Brie favorite Spice Girl how can you have a favorite I love them all in different ways I mean you're you know, a scary Spice fan aren't you I can feel it. I, I love her maybe not Benedict Spice which is my nickname for Ginger <laughs> because she left the group and I'm still she pissed is off. I know, <laughs> you know so I know goodbye my friend was one of the last songs ever downloaded off of Napster before Napster shut down when like That's they had beautiful. the court order I downloaded good and I wait I can't believe I wasted a download on that on dial up <laughs> of all things but I downloaded goodbye my friend from mm-hmm. from the Spice Girls for that because I felt like that it was the only song that commemorated the moment of Napster going away. <laughs> that's, that's not a good song, though. I don't so think that's their best. It's not the best of the songs that they had. Some of their videos were just phenomenal. I oh love Ginger Spice. Oh, yes. But Spice their, up your life. Their, yeah. That Spice video, so I was like, oh, my God, oh my God I want to be there. It just was so cool. I I really enjoyed it. I have to say I would Did love you guys watching all that see video. Their, I'm sure you guys all saw them at the, at, at the Olympics, the London Olympics, yes. the, the ceremonies. I was uh, very that was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Emotion. I feel like we've come far enough from the like gem aesthetic that we can go back there, but I still think the '90s aesthetic is kind of off limits. Like it, it looks very textbook. Mm. To, like it's too close. Here, here you'd see in a oh, but no, he, no yeah. uh, here's what it is. Here's what it is. The best, the the, the one, and I've had this discussion with my one of my best friends, Lauren Envick, who's the editor in chief at Fashionista, but she used to work with me at Mashable, and mm-hmm. um, she's the most fashionable person I know. DVF doesn't send many people dresses to go to wow. balls, but they wow. send her dresses wow. because she's fabulous. But we had this comment about like what was the most like like the biggest fashion breakthrough of like the the aughts and and it was definitely low rise jeans and to mm-hmm. me that's the thing that makes the nineties look so dated yeah. is that anything yeah. pre like two thousand one when low rise became like the thing. It, you just instantly you see the jeans. I look at them and I'm like, oh my god, the rest of this outfit from '98 could be fine, but the low rise yeah. jeans I can't deal with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the high rise, the high waisted things. Even now, high waisted has a different sort of like um, finish and has a different sort of tailoring. Mm-hmm. So 
it's interesting though because like half the stuff like there's certain runway looks from like the 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 kate moss era her birthday was last week happy birthday kate you're perfect (laughs) um and that was like that you could still kind of see but but i'm with you too george i think Mm -hmm. it's it's a little bit too fresh for us to like go back to that well it was it was it's too recent in everyone's mind to be like let's return to it we all still think it's the 90s even though it's like 20 years ago right yeah yeah Yeah. i kind of do yeah plus the the tight spandex satin pants no maybe cargo pants uh, might that that might not be a look many people can pull off without being like scary spice but yeah. I think there's the '90s we we remember. Like I, I was looking through uh, like a fashion magazine of that era. It's all like these, uh, you know, uh, salon and like bright colors and all of that. Yeah, I think that's like what we think it was in reality. But then, like you watch my so-called life, and this is at least a lot closer to my high school, which was, you know, giant like big oversized flannel tops and you know like that grunge look. So I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of. Um, Maybe maybe rose colored glasses. Looking and then back were there are things it. like I'm 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 pasting this image into our chat, and we can share this in our show notes. But and then there's things like this from 20 years ago. And a look at how amazing Kate Moss looked. And b yeah, you know what? You could still actually pull this off today. Like you yeah. maybe have yeah. different shoes, but yeah. like that would still like actually be workable today. I I have to say there's a hairstyle from the 90s that I love that probably no I don't know if anyone else does, but it, it was when you had like the many little tiny buns on top of your head. Yeah, yes. and you looked hmm. like like a Bjork. little like like Bjork. Y- yeah, like they were like little twisted little tiny buns or little tiny braids, and there was a many of them. I loved that look. I thought that was cool. I spent forever trying to pull that look off. It's really hard look to pull off because if you do one of the little <laughs> mini buns, oh here we got one with Gwen trying to. I'll I'll throw mm. you guys this image just because. C'est, c'est fabulous. But, oh, you said Gwen. I immediately know what image you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's just such a nice look. Um, and But trying to pull it off is much more difficult than you would expect. But I loved that look. And and I, that's, I, my, I, that's my foray into the 90s. I, 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 that look, you, Georgia, I think, is still sick. Oh, wow. You must do this for therapy. I'm telling <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what you what, what we figured out is that next year you need to go to two Halloween parties. And the first one you need to be Jim and the holograms, and the second yep. one you need to be Bjork slash Gwen Stefani. And also, can we talk about like how Gwen looks the same? I she know what happened. Now. Is she like mm-hmm. Dorian Gray? Does yeah, she have a picture? <laughs> she's got a picture somewhere in her attic. I want to know her dermatologist. And well, like, I was going to say, yeah. like, dermatologists hate her. I was going to say whatever work she's been getting done, like yeah. it's been great. She's probably like, using I- the whole puffer fish. Well, probably. I'm just thinking, like, she's probably she's had to have some work done. Like, sure. there's no oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. And and which is, and and I don't judge. Nope. All, I actually mm-hmm. want the name of her surgeon. Is what I'm saying because <laughs> they've done a really good job of making her look the same and not like different. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think she's gorgeous. I love her so much. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's a really good place to get to our last segment. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pass it back over to you, Simone. This is, there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk about what we are doing for the rest of this week after we leave. Uh, Christina, <laughs> do you want to start off? Yes. Yeah, so I've been immersed in all things Windows, which people who know me as uh, my nickname is C-Mac because uh, I'm Christine. I'm a Mac. No is funny. So I'm actually working on this uh, retrospective of like the evolution of the Windows UI and UX, which is uh, something that will be visual and kind of cool that it will be um, up uh, probably tomorrow, possibly Friday, but 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 probably tomorrow. That's really interesting. This. What's the what's the biggest uh evolution you've seen over well it's really interesting because looking at it from going from like 3.1 to 95 95 through you know the 
XP, there was almost no changes until you got to XP, and then XP, Vista, and then obviously Windows 8. But it's really interesting how like the, the cons- how consistent the desktop experience stayed for so long. I think that's actually probably why Windows 8 was such a huge cluster, was that it was just far too much change, far too, mm-hmm. like, it was just too quick. far too much. Well, not even too quick, it's just, you know, people come to associate a certain paradigm, a certain thing with Windows, and then you do something completely different. Mm-hmm. And people are like, A, I don't want this. B, I don't have time to deal with this. C, <laughs> this is frustrating and confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. What about you, Georgia? What are you up to? Well, I'm uh, writing an article for more about how to um, get change your life by through using your phone and different stuff that you can do that to really put your <sighs> life on track. So I'm going to be dealing with that. I'm I'm doing some sort of a podcast tomorrow. I don't remember what the name is. <laughs> I don't know. There's someone on it that harasses me the entire time. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, Let me you, think. You should talk to someone about that yeah you yeah, think really like, should you think any you other should, how you, you should feel. drop that podcast and come over to this one <laughs> yeah you should do that you should do that. this is the new thing yeah, yeah. um is your article gonna tell me how to wake up in the morning and get out of bed on time it's gonna it's gonna tell you how to not have to stress about things so that you can live a relaxed life okay uh, so maybe yeah yeah it's, it's gonna be part of it um, I'm is there a wand involved or a, a curse or something? <laughs> there's there's this Belfie yeah. stick thing that's yeah. no. Um, I promise there will not be any. And uh, I'm 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 still working, so tomorrow I work. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brianna, what are you doing? Uh, so outside of law enforcement stuff, I <laughs> justice, which, which is bringing justice. Which is honestly taking up a day, at least a week, sometimes a day and a half, sometimes two days a oh week. Oh, my goodness. Just no, do you know all these, these officers by name now? I do. I do. Okay. Um, so I've got a lot of really, really cool stuff going on. Uh, so we're meeting with VC people because um, you know, we're in the middle of expanding Giant Space Cat. I'm really excited about the way that's going. Like There's a... There's a huge market for you know women gamers to to basically have games made that aren't insulting, you know. <laughs> so you know we're basically working with investors, and you know we want to expand our company to a multi-million dollar enterprise. So we're working with that. I'm appearing in a documentary tomorrow. I'm going to nice. France on Saturday. I'm going to a game jam to scope a bunch of talent um and wow. uh are you go- are you going to france for the mobile game like a critic crit- yes critical thing that's cool exactly so you'll get it. to meet yeah. my uh, my 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 girl chelsea oh is she gonna be there that's she awesome is. wow she's really cool i like every single time i interact with her it's positive so that's awesome we'll have to hang out while we're there so you actually know where you're going now yeah, yeah. last time i talked to rihanna she didn't know where in france she was going i yeah, I know this makes you sound like the world's biggest jerk, but like my schedule is so crazy these days. Yeah. I don't even, I wake up in the morning and then people schedule Get on a plane for me and then it's like, oh, I guess I'm leaving the country today. It, it's just, it's all over the map. So I think that is awesome. That is no, it's cool. not awesome. My husband well, misses me. So yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm going to Texas tomorrow and yeah, I've never been to Texas out. before. And Ooh, I, what part? 
San Antonio, and then I'm going up to Austin for just a day trip to eat all of the Tex-Mex and to either be really cold or really hot. I'm not sure. I hear they have air conditioning down there. They do, actually. And it's central air, so it's not even the crappy, like, window units. It's, like, central air, so it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's freaky. I don't know if I can deal with that. Yeah, that's the hard thing to get used to in Boston, how, because I grew up in Mississippi, so nowhere here has central air, and it's it's Mm -hmm. disturbing. Yeah. Same same in New York. It's very odd to, like, have window units and be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm used to spelling recycled air. What's wrong with this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just, we don't, our houses don't really have any kind of anything like that so because it's so mild up here it's not doesn't get really cold or really hot so anyway i'm talking about the weather oh my god i'm going to texas i'm so excited are you excited about pack south i'm so excited i hear you know i i didn't go to pax when it was really small so i hear from a lot of people that it was a lot of fun and they really miss that kind of small pax so i'm curious to see if pack south is what pax prime was maybe a few years ago so I'm looking forward to it. And I get to play with the new the new Nintendo 3DS XL. Oh, God. New Nintendo 3DS XL BYG RX12356. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. It's really awkward Catchy. when you're dealing with Nintendo people. It packs because, like, you'll be talking to some poor woman that has a Nintendo product strapped to her body. <laughs> and you're, like, <laughs> you're, like, sampling it. And you're, like, like I'm sure you're a nice person, but this is kind of, you know, it's, it's just really awkward. <laughs> Let me awkward. play with you? Right. Yeah, that kind of yeah. thing can really push your buttons. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm bump. Goodbye, Georgia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That was you are the weakest that, link. That, that was some good double entendre right there. That was there. beautiful. I tried. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and the I, show's over. <laughs> None of us are have eye contact the next time. We I was gonna say. To I think I, yeah. I. don't think we can top that. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I want to know how Pack South goes. I'm. I'm I will really let you know. In that. You because know, GSX, we we pour our resources into Pax East, and you know, like I'm speaking at Pax Prime this year, but mm-hmm. um, you know, Pax South. I just I kind of had to say. I, I it's it's not an established thing yet. And I'm guessing yeah. it's going to be the same vendors. And, you know, I, I'm worried because I go to the other PAXs, it would just be so similar that it's not worth my professional time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure that, I mean, because there's not a lot of new stuff that has release dates yet, so I'm not really sure what I'm going to be experiencing there. It might just be the same stuff that I saw at Prime a few months ago. And I love PAX Prime, so... I'm I'm just looking forward to having a semi vacation, I guess. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. So I guess we'll uh, we'll call the show there. An hour and twenty minutes of like yeah. so much talking. <laughs> the time may have been compressed, and uh, yeah, it's a good episode. Do we do a sign off? How do I sign off? <laughs> uh, I guess we tell people where you can find us. So. Oh my gosh, I didn't write that down. All right, so I will I will do this part. Yeah, I will just I'm sorry, I'll listen. I'll take notes. I will notes. blatantly steal it from Steve. So, um, <laughs> Simone, where can people find you on the internet? Doom Quasar on Twitter and at pixelkin.org and at PAX South in two days. That sounds great. Georgia, where can people find you? People can find me on a little show called Isometric Vector, imore.com, and on Twitter at, at Georgia underscore Dow. Or also, being harassed uh, by Brie. Right. Also, mm-hmm. also picks of Jumcom. Like, just right. look you up and you'll be there. You'll be there. <laughs> I'll be Christy, wearing pink hair. It's true. I want to see you with the star over your eye next time we hang out, or it's oh, just going to be God, disaster. Yes. I will if you will. Uh, yeah, I do it all the time anyway. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Come on. 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't assume things. Christina, where can people find you? So you can find me at, I'm on Twitter at film underscore girl. You can find my writing at mashable.com. And um, you can uh, also hear me on Overtired, which is on ESN. So if you like hearing me talk about this stuff uh, with girls, you can hear me talk and then also have a dude who talks too um, on, uh, on Overtired, which is, which is fun. It's a good show. Nice. It's a good show. I do wish you'd tweet more. I feel I feel like that's the one problem with your Twitter account. Not enough tweeting. Not enough tweeting. So, uh, also, uh, you can find me at Space Cat Gal, uh, also on Isometric. And uh, guys, uh, we've been really blown away. Like This is where I get honest. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been really blown away by the, the reception of Rocket. Like Christina was saying, you know, it was one of the biggest receptions you've ever had to something you professionally debuted. Absolutely. Is that yeah, amazing? Yeah, it's, I know this. The, I, I've been truly humbled and and an honored to be part of this because yeah. it, a it's an awesome project, but b just the response has been great. It's, Thank you it's, all so much. It's been it's been amazing. People have been reviewing us. I've gotten so much feedback from people. Um, our ratings are awesome. Like, and that's with episode one, which we just soft launched, and I was like, oh, yeah. I hope people are going to listen to this. So. Thank you, guys. Please rate us on iTunes, and um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. <laughs>